You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I was having some speaker problems there, or microphone problems there, so I hope this is working well. Uh, we have an old friend alert. We have uh, a roster move. We have a game in progress to all talk about on the docket today. Uh, after all about my talk about a roster move, hey, the Indians made one. Uh, Yu Chen Chang is up. And uh, because Cesar Hernandez is on paternity leave. Not exactly the move I was hoping for. I don't mind Chang coming back. Uh, I'd like to see him in the game. And ugh, can we talk about the terrible, terrible, terrible tweet? Uh, well, not tweet. Statement that I mostly saw because of a tweet through IBI. Um, and that is... IBI had a tweet from four hours ago. It is currently nine o'clock Eastern or Central, ten o'clock um, East Coast. That uh, he, on Mike Freeman, he deserves more playing time. Unfortunately, our infield doesn't take many days off. Sandy Elmore on Mike Freeman. Uh, that is a horrible statement because Mike Freeman is not good, even remotely, at all. Uh, one can make a strong case he shouldn't even be on the Indians roster. And if you think I'm being unfair to Mike Freeman, explain to me what I have wrong. He's not someone who's necessarily a good defender at playing multiple spots. He's really just a second baseman. And when you go beyond just the issues of him being a second baseman only, he's not a good hitter. (laughs) The reason why this is a guy who the Indians cut at the end of last year and were able to carry as a non-roster invitee, there's a reason why he was available in the first place. He's just not good. I mean, that's it. End of story. Mike Freeman is not good at baseball. Uh, so far this year, he has a uh, WRC plus of 67, and that's with a bat pip of 348. Mike Freeman has been incredibly lucky, and he's still not producing. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's bad. I mean, yes, last year he was somehow remarkably. Uh, a 99 WRC plus. I'm sorry, his uh, WRC plus is this year. It's an 84, which isn't awful. It's not good. So what is this? That is. Oh, that's today's stats. So that's well, that's 2020 stats. So yeah, the bat up of 348 with the WRC plus of 67 must be updated after so far going over three with two strikeouts today. And then on top of Freeman just being in this game, which is a less than ideal move. Uh, let's then go ahead and bat him second, the most important spot in the batting order based on, you know, everyone who knows advanced stuff and pays attention to advanced stats. Like, this is something that's like a five-year-old knowledge piece that that is the most important spot in your batting order. And let's just go play-by-play. When you, you open this up and you look at the Indians, let's go to what happened in this one. So you go to the... I want to just go to when they've scored so we can just discuss... Mike Freeman, uh, when the Indians have needed him, what has happened? So, Naylor doubles, DeShields reaches on a bunt single, and then there's a throwing error. Uh, then Lindor doubles, then Freeman grounds out to the pitcher, and I know 
Even worse is Ramirez uh, flying with the double play with Lindor being thrown out of home. Yes, that is the worst situation. That's a, a less than ideal thing. But again, you got, at that point, two runners on in scoring position and nobody out and Freeman weak contact. Top of the fifth, Naylor grounds out to Shields doubles, Lindor singles. Freeman strikes out. Uh, Lindor is able to steal second on it. Ramirez ground out. But again, you have Freeman in this situation where he is getting these at-bats that are more often than not valuable places to hit. The Indians are currently, as I'm recording this, in the sixth. It's a 3-3 game, and I feel like they've already lost. Uh, uh, Carrasco looked so good. Got a little roughed up there in the fifth. Uh, three runs is not a bad performance, but I, I don't have any confidence in this offense right now, and I, I don't have any confidence in who's running this team. When you bat Matt, Mike Freeman second, I have no confidence in your ability to manage a team. And if you're like, well, you know, that's just he's just putting him where Cesar would be, that's stupid. Like, <laughs> there's no other way. You don't just go, oh, so our starter is out. We're gonna take this backup. And just put him in that same spot. We're not going to change our order or anything like that because of injury. Uh, we're just going to put the back up there. It'll be fine. That's that's terrible, terrible coaching, terrible managing. And we really uh, we need to see better than that. If you're if you don't have Cesar Hernandez right now, shake things up. Move your lineup around. At, you know, just to go into the lineup in today's game. Of course, you know, I have ESPN open. I clicked on the game cast instead of the box score. But you look at this, and you look at the Cubs side of things. Chris Bryant's having a struggle, but he's still two. Ian Happ, who's their best hitter, one, so he's getting the most at bats. Anthony Rizzo in the three spot, who's having a, I know, low batting average, but still having a good year. Like they're, I, I would have Schwarber higher if I were them, but their lineup makes sense. There's some good construction. I mean, Hayward's played very well. I'd debate that he should be higher. But you go over to the Indians, and it's. Move up Jose Ramirez. I know he's 0 for 3 in this one, but my goodness. Uh, if you don't want to mess with Ramirez and Santana and you want Franmil 5, then fine. Put Naquin up there, who, by the way, has gone 3 for 3 with 3 hits in this one. Uh, imagine if he was hitting 2, this game would be significantly different because we would have at least one more run across. This game would not be tied up in the, the sixth inning. But Freeman is not good at baseball. It's it's just so frustrating to see Sandy Alomar, uh, you know, just going the extreme Tito route. We know that Tito tends to prefer vets, that he, you know, is very anti-rookie, and that's what led to, like, someone like Yandy Diaz never getting an opportunity and eventually him being shipped out of town. And it's what's led to some other players not really getting extended look in Cleveland. But... And that's why Freeman got a lot of at-bats last year when I'd rather see uh, other players get opportunities to play. And it just continues to be infuriating because, I, I mean, Alomar is managing the pen poorly. He's managing the lineup poorly. Uh, he's managing platoons poorly. He's not managing anything well. Like, everything is a net negative. There's a reason why a few years ago he got um, interviews for managerial positions, and since then those have not come again. Uh, there's a reason why he is not, you know, catchers are a hot commodity in terms of managers. So many managers, both in the minors and the majors, are former catchers. There's a lot of thought that goes into the position.
but Sandy Alomar has done nothing but uh, build a resume that is going to make him a third base coach at best for life. Uh, it's it's you know I, I don't know what Joel Skinner could have done, but he's kind of entering that Joel Skinner level uh, where he's just going to end up working as a first or third base coach, and that's going to be it. Because remember, if Brad Mills doesn't take the year off, Alomar is not the coach right now. Uh, he was the third man in line to manage the Indians and right now mismanage the Indians. And yes, I sound annoyed and infuriated because it's just, it's a bad construction. It's a bad player management. It's a bad everything. And it it's not rock and science. This is, again, not, I am not cutting edge baseball stats. I am not cutting edge baseball knowledge. I learn from people smarter and try to always advance my knowledge. I think one of the biggest problems I have with certain people in media in general is they learn something in like 1989 and think that that is the end all be all. Whereas I've spent every few years being like, okay, I know crap now. I need to go learn more. I need to stay and learn and gain more knowledge. And what I know, again, is not cutting edge. What Sandy Almar is doing is the opposite of anything remotely advanced. And you know, I've had my issues with Tito in the past because he's not the most forward-thinking manager either. And it's just crazy to me with a very forward-thinking front office that this is what they have. That they have Sandy Almar uh, mismanaging this team. And that, you know, it was one thing with Tito when he's so well-respected. Uh, but with Sandy Almar, I mean, he's not. He's Sandy Almar is never going to be a manager. Like, I will be shocked if Sandy Almar is ever a manager again. I will, like, donate money or something. I, I would bet, you know, just about the house on it, I, on Sandy Alomar never getting a managerial position. That's I'm very confident in that. Uh, where do the Indians stand as we just look at the league overall right now? Games back. Uh, Houston is currently still that uh, eighth seed. They're now under 500. <laughs> Excuse me. At 23 and 24. Seattle is a game and a half back of them. Cleveland is currently tied with New York for the 6th and 7th slot between them. Uh, Baltimore is 2 behind, and uh, Detroit is 2.5 behind. The Angels have been the team that have had some good runs of late, but they're still tied with Kansas City at 11.5 back. Uh, Boston and Texas at the very bottom there. I don't think the Indians are in danger of not making the playoffs, but I also think uh, they're not doing anything to help themselves at all right now. And that's just continuing to be an issue where we know what this team is struggling with. We know what they don't have, and they're not doing anything to try to better themselves. And they have players. They have prospects. Let Chang play. Let's see what he does with an extended look. The numbers weren't bad in a minor look, but the numbers are worthless because he had such little opportunity. He's someone who has a future with this team, conceivably. Mike Freeman does not. Let's go with the player that might have some future with this team and maybe could be a starter. I mean, I'm not alone in that when he was a, a minor league player, we predicted him to be a, a you know a borderline starter down the road just because of power, walk rate, and defensive potential. And instead of playing that guy, we're playing Mike Freeman. Bill Barr, what more should I tell you? Again, this is a product that... Uh, it's not just about the fact that they are paying, you know, as to have an ad on here. This is a product I use. This is a product that I use every day. This is my breakfast every day at work. Some days it is my breakfast and my lunch. I'll have two at breakfast. 
one at lunch, uh, and that helps me get through the day. Don't have a lot of time. My lunch break this year as a teacher is 25 minutes. That is my only 25 minutes where I am not with a student. So I need something I can eat quickly, something I can just take on the go, throw in my bag, eat and feel full so I can get through the rest of my day. Uh, teaching, you know, fourth graders need to be able to move. Uh, so Bill Bar is fantastic for that. And that's, like I said, this isn't just some ad read. This is a product I use on the daily. So if you are curious to go check out this uh, fantastic product, go to BuiltBar.com and you can keep using that promo code locked on and that will get you 10% off your order. BuiltBar.com promo code locked on. So old friend alert, uh, the Tigers called up Eric Haas. I, I thought that was at least kind of interesting. Uh, I really liked him in the minors. I kind of liked him more than Mejia. We'll see how that turns out or how that goes. But the Tigers sent uh, Grayson Grenier, who's another player, honestly. I liked him a lot at coming out of South Carolina. He is an odd catcher just because he's, like, huge. Like, Grayson Grenier is uh, the biggest catcher you have probably ever seen. But instead of calling up Jake Rogers, who... I was not a big Jake Rogers fan when he was at Tulane... But then he went to the Astros and just hit. He never hit at Tulane. Always a great defender with no offense. Becomes a central part of that deal for Verlander. And when you, you look at that Justin Verlander deal, it's I liked it at the time, but it has not worked out great for the Tigers. And the fact that now Haas is getting caught up instead of Rodgers, like I made the case Rodgers was probably the, the third biggest piece in that deal and he's still just kind of sitting down there in spite of the fact that like his defense is really good like he's a guy the indians would target if he was a uh, available but instead uh he is still not the next guy up instead it's gonna it's eric haas for them if you're curious the other parts of that deal franklin perez uh was not able to stay healthy in 2019 and after being acquired in 2018 uh he only pitched he pitched 19 innings in 2018. In 2019, he pitched 7.2 innings. Uh, this is a guy who had been up to double-A briefly in 2017 and was you know, really well-thought-of prospect, just hasn't been able to stay healthy in the Tigers. He was the centerpiece. Daz Cameron, I've never been the hugest guy on, I'll just be honest, uh, got the call up this week. And then Rodgers still had that chance last year, uh, 128 plate appearances in 35 games, and... Tiger's still not feeling it. So Haas is up. Old friend alert. Eric Haas is up for the Detroit Tigers. So where do the Indians go from here? Well, you know, they have tomorrow's game, which is uh, John, the John Lester game, which when you look at Lester being on the decline in the Indians lineup, which should hit lefties, I still think the Indians have an advantage with Savali versus Lester. And then... We'll see if the Indians make any other roster moves or if they keep running out a incomplete lineup, which is what happened. I'm just going to keep harping on the Freeman thing because it's like unex inexcusable to me. That was a strongly hit ball by Naylor, unfortunately right at someone. Uh, when you put together a team how they put together a team, that's just, it's infuriating to me. So next up is the Tigers. We've mentioned that this is a Tigers team that is three and a half out. Uh, they're not the Tigers of a year ago. They're not a bottom-feeding team. Uh, this weekend, it's currently matching up. If you look at roster resource, you'll see 
Shane Bieber versus Casey Mize, Zach Plesak versus Michael Fulmer, Tristan McKenzie versus Spencer Turnbull, Carlos Carrasco versus Matthew Boyd. You have to give the Indians the advantage in virtually all of these games. The only one I kind of debate is Turnbull versus McKenzie. Turnbull's been continued to pitch well this year for the Tigers, and McKenzie is just coming off his two worst outings of the year back-to-back. And then after this Tiger series, the big one, the White Sox, you know, the team that is set up with the best record in baseball, and the Indians have a four-game series starting Monday. Savali, Bieber, Plesak. Those are your, your three guys coming out of the gate in that matchup with McKenzie going on uh, you know, a week from Thursday. Now, the Tigers are a bit beat up in their rotation. Um, trying to think uh, with Ronaldo Lopez is in. Why am I blanking on the pitcher who just got hurt for the White Sox? Just having one of those moments. Set another hit for DeShields. Three-hit game for uh, Delano DeShields. A double right now. It's crazy that him and Naquin are both with three hits in this one. The Shields has really outperformed anything he's done in his career so far. And, you know, we talked about in the past, the numbers aren't necessarily showing the elite speed and defense that he had a year ago. But uh, he's, you know, there's no power there at all. His slugging percentage is awful. So his overall OPS is not going to be great. But he just keeps seeming to find these slap singles. And now the Indians have a, a man at second with one out and Lindor coming up. And right after Lindor is Mike Freeman. So it does feel like if Lindor's out, then, well, they're done. Like It's, it's like having an automatic out with the way this roster is constructed. And yes, I will keep harping because it's just so bad. It just annoys me to no end. Sorry, everyone. I guess I'm just a little bit more cranky this evening. Uh, I'll play a combination of uh, life. So I, I paused the podcast there and... <laughs> Of course, Mike Freeman nearly hits into a double play when there are runners at first and second and one out. Uh, yeah, so uh, I feel like uh, you can't argue with me at this point in time. Yes, Jose Ramirez has laid an egg in this one. We can be fair that every single time Freeman has failed, Jose Ramirez has followed it up by failing as well. But uh, Jose Ramirez is the Indians' best hitter, and uh, Mike Freeman is, at best, a quad-A talent who... Again, it just boggles my mind that you have a guy at the top of your order and he's put on the paternity list and he's out. So instead of shuffling your order, you just plop the backup in there. I I don't get it. I don't understand it. And I don't understand how if you are managing this team, you're not like, you know, if you are the front office, how do you sit back and just let someone manage uh, your season away? And... We're in a situation right now with uh, Karen Chalk out there, and he it was a, a hit, and now he's probably going to have a walk here, and it, Sandy is just, he goes by rote. It's, you know, okay, this is the inning for Karen Chalk. This is the inning for this player. This, my second baseman bats second, and that is what we are seeing right now, and Sorry if I'm being too negative, but uh, it just drives me up a wall to see a team being managed this badly. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Lockdown Indians podcast. Uh, maybe the Indians will pull out a win. I still feel like a loss is in the cards uh, because I, I don't trust the offense or the manager, uh, manager to uh, put this team in a position to win. I want to thank you all for listening, rating, reviewing, downloading, 
telling a friend, all of that stuff to help our little podcast grow. Uh, let's let's get it up there. Let's see if we can get this into the top ten podcasts. I'll try to do more to uh, sell the podcast myself on social media and uh, the like. But again, I've been Jeff Ellis. You can find me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. Uh, thank you all for listening. I do mean that sincerely from the bottom of my heart. And as always, go Tribe.